It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Okay, welcome to episode 370 of Locked on Raptors for, I guess it's still Friday, August 17th. Maybe you're hearing this later on. Uh, If you haven't heard the previous podcast, you're going to want to go back to listen to that because that is the first half of this two-parter. We are continuing our conversation of the 12 classic NBA or Raptors Raptors games that would go on an NBA TV Raptors theme day were that to exist in some fictional universe where America cares about the Raptors. Um, so if you haven't heard it yet, go listen to the first six games on the other podcast. We are going to wrap it up with our final six games of the uh, of the list here. Myself and John Chick from The Score. John, how you doing? What's up? I don't know if I was like necessary to say how you doing, but uh, I don't know. It felt necessary. I don't know. Um, but let's. Uh, this is a weird way to do a podcast. Either way, let's continue on with our list uh, to refresh people's memories. The first half, I think, uh, you started off with game three of the Raptors Heat series. Was that the one you picked? Uh, game one of the Raptors. That's right. That's right. In, game uh, one. 2012. That was the last, the one they lost. The Lowry. Uh... Shot. I think it then had we did Keon Clark the yeah. blocks from 2001. So yeah, the order was game one against the Heat. I had uh, then the second one was Terrence Ross's 51 point game January 25th 2014 against the Clippers. You came back with the Ben Uzo triple double game. That's right. uh, people know about that if they listen to this podcast. I talked about it all the time. Uh, I w- I came back with game seven Raptors Nets in uh, 2014. Uh, that first round series, the first playoff series in a very long time for the Raptors. Uh, you went uh, and went with the Keon Clark 12 block game in March 20 March 23rd 2001. Uh, very random game, but a very cool record, and we talked about that. And then I finished it off with the Derek Martin hits the three pointer to continue the league best 628 game three point streak for the Raptors in a 29 point loss in Dallas. Uh, so after that game, probably feeling a little bit down. Maybe you're feeling a little bit up because the end of that game is so uproarious for the Raptors. Let's uh, continue this on, John. Your seventh game, the seventh game on the list. I think this we're on to like the, the 3 p.m. time slot. Uh, what do you got to continue on the Raptors NBA TV theme day? 
Yeah, we're, we're getting into like, well, no, we're not in a prime time yet, but and I think the NBA TV programming people would probably want this later based on, but I mean, at the same time, it, in terms of impact, in terms of the Raptors, it's not in the top two. So I will go way old school to the first season, uh, March 24th, 1996. Yes. Raptors 109, Bulls 108. And uh, this is noteworthy because I think anybody who's seen this, uh, on NBA TV Canada or Raptors TV or whatever. Um, this was uh, when the Raptors expansion team handed the Bulls one of only 10 losses that season. So it's highly noteworthy. And uh, I, I don't particularly have any memory of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in doing some research, um, you know, we found it was a Sunday afternoon game. Mm-hmm. So it's plausible that the white Vegas seeds may have been planted <laughs> here back in this expansion season. I think they only won 21 games. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Jordan, Rodman, Pippen would have flown into Toronto probably on Saturday because they did look it up. The Bulls were not on a back-to-back, so they can't count that as a reason they lost to an expansion team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they were probably in Toronto, um, and they were probably out. And, uh, yeah, and they probably came to the Sky Dome, where the, the building was called at the time. Uh, and lost by one point to Dayton's Ottawa. That is, uh, that's still weird. I was three years old when this game happened, so I have literally nothing to add. I bet it was really cool. I don't know how I would have enjoyed games at the Sky Dome. Did you ever go to games at the Sky Dome? I did not, no. no? I, re- I remember games being played at the Sky Dome, right. and I remember thinking it was kind of silly to be playing games in a baseball stadium. <laughs> um, now, the first Raptors game I ever went to was after they moved in the Air Canada Center in, like, okay. 2000. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, yeah I, I, again, like, I think most of our recollections of this are basically from NBA TV or, or from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it just certainly sticks out as a, a major benchmark simply because... That was the Bulls team that went 72 and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so the old, for one of those losses to be an expansion Raptors, I mean, you got to be proud of yourself. And again, like I, I think there might be something to the White Vegas thing starting there. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, in this game, the Raptors, Damon Stoudemire had 30 points, 11 assists, 11 of 21 from the field. Uh, Tracy Murray had 23 points. Oliver Miller had 14, 12, 55 <laughs> yeah. assists. Uh, yeah. These names are something else. But yeah. like, I mean, Stoudemire obviously was the rookie of the year that year. Mm-hmm. Um, was really like the Raptors' first star, if there was such a thing. Um, I think he had 30. Uh, usually, I think Jordan led the game uh, with 36. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of peak MJ. I think he won his what, second last MVP that year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was also um, so Raptors clearly treated this game like a playoff game. They only ran out seven dudes. Doug Christie, Jean Tabak came off the bench. It was Alvin Robertson, Carlos Rogers, Oliver Miller, Tracy Marie, Damon Stoudemire as the starters. That's uh, I'm not shocked this team won 21 games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old uh, behind the eight ball expansion back in the in the 90s. I think the other the other kind of trivia question you can pull out too is the Raptors were coached that first year by Brendan Malone, who is the father of current Denver Nuggets head coach, uh, Mike Malone. That's that's wild. Mike Malone is so old that it seems weird that his dad would, I mean. Uh, th- that his dad was coaching like, uh, yeah. well, 20, well, I guess 25. Within our lifetimes, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Mike Malone's not that old. Maybe he just like, Mike Malone might have the Jack Armstrong thing. Like, where they're from Brooklyn, and maybe just being from Brooklyn ages Yeah, you. <laughs> you, might, you might be right. He, he talks a lot like Jack Oh, my. Mike Malone's 47? Oh, 
that seems weird. So you, you, you thought he was older than that? <laughs> yeah, I thought he was in like yeah, his fifties yeah. or sixties. Yeah, I think there might be some of the way you're saying about the, the Brooklyn thing. I mean, yeah. we, we, you know, Jack is of what fifty something. Fifty three, I think he's at now. Yeah, so we won't make fun of Jack too much, but yeah. No, I mean, no, it's uh, it's impressive that he's he's fifty five. So yeah, he, but still. He, he lives he lives his life. We'll leave it at that. I, I've seen him on Sports Center the last couple days for this Duke stuff, and he's been rocking the "I'm off all summer, fuck you" beard, and it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, All right, let's move on to the, I believe, eighth game on our list now. We're back over to me. I got some beauties to choose between. I'm going to go, I'm going to leave a few for the end. So, okay, my number eight pick, my fourth pick on my list for the, I think we're at 4.30 p.m. time slot. Uh, You know, maybe you're making some dinner. Maybe you just want some background noise. December 8th, 2013. Raptors at Lakers. It's the day of the Rudy Gay trade, the one that sent Rudy Gay to the Kings for their entire bench. Raptors win that game with an eight-man rotation, 106-94. Amir Johnson, we talked about Amir on the last podcast. He comes up again, of course, because Amir's a god. 14 of 17 from the field, 32 points and 10 boards. Lowry goes 8 of 13 for 23 points. DeMar has 26 points on 19 shots. And the Raptors... In a way, I think, kind of exercise the demons from the Kobe 81-point game. It's Kobe's return uh, from injury. He doesn't really do much in the game. And this kind of set the stage for the whole era, right? This is the first game after the trade. They do it with eight guys, and, you know, obviously we know what came after that. Also from this game, a weird little nugget. This, I believe, is the scene of one of the all-time best Jack Armstrong and Matt Devlin moments where they spot Khloe Kardashian in the crowd and Jack thinks it's Kim, and it about a minute and a half of just, like, hilarious old man banter ensues. And uh, so, yeah, that, that that also sticks out to me from this game. But <laughs> it's mostly just the game where they kind of set the stage for what was to come with uh, Amir, Damar, and Kyle all going off with a short roster to beat the Lakers on Kobe's return day. It was beautiful. Do you remember this game at all? Yeah, I do. And, yeah, you're right. Like, this, there were a lot of, like, games that season where you kind of, like, can pinpoint and say this was like a major you know factor in what that turnaround Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i mean like i I think a lot of us at the time when rudy gay got traded i mean when 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 colangelo acquired rudy gay the year before that was a question mark it's a lot of duplication with demar DeRozan. Mm -hmm. um and it would make a lot of sense it was it almost like you know in that game for amir to step up would amir really was like the most solid raptor for a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the heart and soul of the team to then have a game like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think after that trade, though, too, I mean, there were some questions of whether the team was, like, able to, you know, was where was the team going to go or what direction was it going to go in. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was big. I mean, yeah, you're right, to exercise the Kobe 81 thing, um, you know, obviously, like, where we talked about that, like, that's going to be on a lot of lists about classic Raptor games <laughs> like total victims in that case but but yeah no it's uh, not the first was, victim of a Kobe something uh, yeah that, that was a big one for sure 
Yeah. Oh, God. Um, all right. Let's go to uh, your next pick. The I think we're at 6 o'clock now. We're getting into the primetime hours. What is your next pick? You have two games left. What are you throwing at 6 o'clock as the ninth game on the schedule for the Raptors NBA TV theme day? This one was tough because, I mean, it was down at two two games that I was going to pick. And, I mean, if i, if I got to go with a, a top one, I'll, you'll find out in a minute. But uh, So my second last one, uh, this is May 23rd, 2016. Uh, game four. No. Yeah, game four yeah, of game four. the Eastern Conference Final against the Cavs. Um, and the reason this game's important is because it was, really was the peak of the DeRozan-Lowry era. When you, we look back on it now that it's over, mm-hmm. um, that was the last one game they won in that series. Um, they were down, well, they, were, they won game three with the Biombo game, where they had like 27 rebounds or something like that. Yeah. Game four, they come back and tie the series, which nobody really expected them to do and even fewer people expected them to like kind of take the lead in the series but I mean for them to, to win that game at home was 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 incredible um, and yeah like and this was like a good Lowry DeRozan game I think they combined for like 67 points yeah uh, shot very well it's literally when you add it up just in terms of length it's the furthest the teams ever got because obviously they lost in six to Cleveland um, but yeah yeah that that I, I don't know if apex is the right word, but that game might have been the apex of the... Eh, it probably is the right word. The apex of the Lowry-DeRozan era. I think it's the apex of the franchise, really. Like That's the deepest they've ever gotten. That was the... And the thing about this game that I always appreciate and always look back on is that... So Game 3, they won 99-84. You talked about the Biombo 26 rebounds. That was awesome. But this game was a game where the Cavs like didn't really mail it in. They really kind of gave their best shot. I remember in the fourth quarter, they ran out that bench lineup that was just murdering teams the entire postseason with Channing Frye, Della Vadova, Richard Jefferson, Shumpert, and, and LeBron. And they were getting anything they wanted on offense. It was unstoppable. But the Raptors kept coming back, and Kyle and DeMar just kept making shots. And it was a kind of shot making we've never seen from them in the playoffs before. And it like it, it felt... It really felt like it was teetering. The Cavs outscored the Raptors by uh, like 10 in the second second half. They outscored them 58-48. Um, and it really felt like at some point it was just going to teeter back towards the Cavs. And it, it, had the game been a little bit longer, maybe it would have. But just the Raptors being able to counter whatever the Cavs were throwing offensively at them with just like, all right, we're going to score and keep it going and kick the can down the road a little bit more. It really felt like it was the only time on which they were like on the same plateaued the same level as the Cavs in all of their playoff series, really. So that that's kind of why that game rings really like resoundingly in my mind. Just uh, and also that game, I think pretty. I think that was the game that incited young young and Dun- young and Dundas Tupac. So um, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> that's right. That's, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, also after that game, it was when LeBron said that he's he's been part of adverse situations, but this wasn't one of them. I think it was after the Cavs won Game Five. Yeah. Uh, back in Cleveland, but yeah, so the disrespect oozed from Braun at that point, but yeah, no, you're right, that game, uh, they, they, they didn't cave, um, and they kind of came at them late, I think, like, Lowry and DeRozan scored the last couple points for the Raptors, mm. and they were aggressive, um, yeah, they closed the game out on, a, I think it was like 16-7 run or something like that, Yeah, yeah. Um, that's something that they never replicated again in the playoffs against Cleveland, after that, they uh, did not win the game against the Cavaliers in the playoffs after that, so... 
Yeah, so maybe not the most representative game of the Raptors' history in the playoffs against the Cavs, but uh, if you're looking for an uplifting one, that's definitely the choice. Um, yeah. But yeah, Game 3 you could pick too. The Biombo stuff was amazing. I think, was it yeah, game, game 3 or 4 where Biombo definitely blocked LeBron, but it was called a foul? Which game was that? I think that was Game 3. Okay, or yeah. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it was Game 4, actually. Either way, it wasn't a goddamn foul. So, <laughs> <laughs> whoever, Zach Zarba, whoever the hell it was, fuck you, man. Um... It might not be Zach Zarba. I'm sorry, Zach, if it wasn't you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's go to, uh, all right, this is maybe my favorite game that's on this list. It's a stupid game. It doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. March 31st, 2007. It's getting the 730 time slot because it was so damn stupid. Raptors at Wizards. The Raptors are down three with like five seconds left. Michael Ruffin. Uh, does a thing. So the Raptors have to... Th- I think it was like three seconds left, actually. The Raptors have to make a long inbound pass to try to get it down the court quickly because they don't have a timeout. They can't advance the ball. Uh, they throw it in. Michael Ruffin steals the pass, and it looks like game over. Instead, he just throws the ball in the air, and Morris Peterson catches the ball and does this. Now will the Wizards foul down the floor, and it's a deflection by Ruffin. And the play continues. Peterson got it! So Mo Pete ties the game uh, at whatever it was, 109, takes it to overtime, and the Raptors end up winning it. The thing that I learned about this game today that is insane is Mo Pete only played 55 seconds in this game and went one of one from the field for those three points. That's all he did in this game, which is super weird for a guy who was so integral to the team for so long. John, just talk about this game. Do you remember watching this yeah, game? Like really it was, it was so well. goddamn nuts. Yeah, it, it, it was nuts, and I think that 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 last year, like, 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 yeah, Mo Pete had been like a franchise mainstay, but I think it was last year under Mitchell, like he kind of fallen out of favor, so he was kind of falling out of the rotation a bit. Mm. He played less minutes, uh, but yeah, like that, that just that's kind of like the Lowry Heat. Like this stuff isn't supposed to happen. Like you know, to, to catch the ball and then just. Like it, it looked like it's one of those shots where guys just kind of throw it up at the end of a game and they're yeah. not even really trying, and for it to drop um, was, was completely insane. And like, uh, although I will say that it it had some impact on the standings later though, because somebody brought this up to me that year, and because uh, the Raptors would go on to lose to Vince and the Nets mm-hmm. in that year's playoffs, um, and they finished tied with the. Nets that year, they're both like. No, no, that's right. The Nets and the Wizards tied with the same record. Uh, 40, 40. So had the Raptors had Mo Pete not done that, mm-hmm. it's a possibility that Toronto would have played Washington in the playoffs instead of instead of that time in Jersey. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it was a, what an incredible memory, like to actually be able to 
like, remember that. Like, and like Mo Pete was a guy who played for, I think like seven or eight years mm-hmm. here. So like, you know, like that's kind of his signature memory. Like, I know he's, he's a big part of like the Vince teams and all that he went to the playoffs, but that, that may be like his all time Raptors moment. Yeah. He was mostly nondescript. So for him to have that moment, also it's probably the best Chuck Swirsky call. If we're, I mean, there's a couple. There's the one I think where T.J. Ford hits the winner against the Clippers. Yeah. If that may, if that if that rings true, you, you could probably do a whole list of Chuck Swirsky calls. Yeah, well, that'll but, be another yeah. podcast for August. We'll just talk yeah, about Chuck yeah, Swirsky that, for a little while. But, but. Yeah, like that one. That one was probably one of the greatest. <laughs> yeah, uh, all time great and uh, a very mostly inconsequential. Although, as I as you just revealed, not so inconsequential considering the playoff seating. I'm not sure the Raptors would have won that series. That Raptors team was bad. Like, had they played against the yeah, the Wizards, like that was a bad Raptors team in yeah, it was, like it totality. Was, yeah, exactly. It was Bosch and uh, Anthony, Anthony Parker, Parker, TJ Ford, Rosho, Calderon. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was kind of a surprise team. Much like obviously the team in 2014 was much better. Yeah, and obviously ushered in this era we're currently in. But yeah, that first team with like I just like try to remember, like try to remind people. Masai Jury is an amazing president, general manager. And like he's never going to be compared in the same breath of his job as Brian Colangelo. But there yeah. was a time when people thought Brian Colangelo was a save in the franchise because in his first full season, the Raptors won the division. So it's just, we, we must never forget things like that. <laughs> Another side effect if you watch this game is you get to watch maybe the best game Joey Graham ever played. He started, he had 16 yeah. points, 12 boards, 2 of 3 from deep, <laughs> ten of, 6 of 10 shooting. I don't think it got much better than that for Joey Graham, so you get to see no. that as well. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the aviator. Oh my god. Um, also, Michael Ruffin in this game. Boy, rough night for Michael Ruffin. He he played 26 minutes, had no points, just the one turnover that was very bad, and five boards. Uh, not the best night for Michael Ruffin. What a weird Toronto. Wizards team. Uh, we should move on though. Let's move on to the 9 p.m. time slot. Your final game on this. Is that it? Yeah, your final game on this list. The 11th game. On the day, this the full day slate of Raptors classics. So I'm gonna go with, and the reason I picked this over the Cavs one is even though the Cavs game was actually like the pretty much the apex of the franchise, like we said, mm-hmm. um, this game with Vince Carter was it's still well, pri- no, up until 2016 was the furthest the team got, mm-hmm. uh, which and the highlight of that series in 2001 was Game Three, was May 11th, 2001. Raptors take a 2-1 lead over the 76ers. Uh, mm-hmm. Vince Carter scored 50 points. Yeah. Tied an NBA record for threes in a playoff game that lasted until Clay Thompson just broke it like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the, the reason I'm biased on this one because I was actually at this game. Hell and yeah. it re- remains to this day like the single uh, most crazy sports event I've ever been at. Like I can't really recapture. Obviously, I was younger then. But, like, I mean, the, the atmosphere, like, I think Vince had like I don't know maybe five threes at halftime, mm-hmm. and in the in the concourse level, like people were like it was just it was bedlam. It was I've never seen a Toronto uh, sporting event like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like a lot of the other Raptor games I went to later was like working, um, so I guess I wasn't really like part of the action of drinking or anything like that. But like just I, I've never seen a crowd like that in Toronto, and uh, that that that's why I'm biased on that game, but. Uh, to, to win that game, they go up two one, and they obviously lost the series in seven. We all know what happened, but like it, it remains a classic. 
The fact that that's the last time the Raptors had led a series for like 17 more years is pretty wild. Or 16 it's, years. It's pretty sad, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that, that, so that series is weird because I was like seven. So I don't really have that much of a memory of it. Although I was at game six where they kept themselves alive down 3-2. Um, That's right. And they ended up pushing it. They won by like 19 or something like that. I had the ticket somewhere with the score written on it. Um, yeah, so they won that game, sent it to Game 7, and we all know what happened in Game 7. But, um, yeah, the, that series in general, just a a nice early watermark for the team. I feel like since then it's probably been, tr- you know, trumped a little bit, even though maybe none of the Raptors stars of the last five years have had anything close to what Vince had in terms of gravitas. But as a team, I think they've kind of left that in the past and they're like maybe this sort of the sting of losing that series is washed away a little bit because they've been reasonably good the last few years maybe not because of the playoff disappointments or whatever but um, yeah absolutely yeah. i think yeah it's like i think what's happened the last couple of years is easily kind of beats that vince era i think like you know as we get older we kind of romanticize the past but i yeah. think that game really kind of encapsulated like aside from like the dunk contest which isn't a game. I mean, people, I think, would think of that game. Like, obviously, people are going to think about the missed shot in the Game 7, but mm. to think of Game 3 was probably his quintessential Raptors performance to go, Yeah, you know. That and, like, the, the Suns national TV game, probably. But I believe he scored 50 in that one, too. He so did, yeah. yeah. That, that would be up there. That's probably one we should honorable mention. But, yeah, obviously, for this game where the stakes are a lot higher, it was... It was something else. Still one fewer point than Terrence Ross scored, so just keep that in <laughs> <Yeah>. mind. Um, <laughs> forever on brand, I am. Uh, all right, it's the 10.30 time slot. It's the final game of this list of the classic Raptors games. Uh, everyone who has a game that they suggested that's been left off, I'm sorry, but this is, I think, what we should be... It's the rightful way to seal this thing off. April 26, 2016, Game 5, Raptors-Pacers... Oh, this is, you know, this, I talked about the Kyle Lowry 3 in the last podcast about being the craziest thing I've seen. This was just like the most bonkers game I think I've been in attendance for. It was, it went from the the switch that was flipped from being just absolutely morose and downtrodden in the arena to the loudest I've ever heard it after Norm Powell's dunk, which is obviously the signature moment of this game. Norm Powell with the steal and the dunk that he almost missed, <laughs> which I was convinced he was going to miss when he went up with it. Um, the the roar that came out of there, I, I don't think it's been replicated at the ACC since then. It was pretty wild. This game featured, of course, Frank Vogel leaving out the really shitty bench unit he had, and the Raptors completely torched it to start the quarter with their bench. And I think they kept the bench in for much of the quarter. I think DeMar sat this entire fourth quarter, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Kyle came in uh, and ran with the bench mob, and, and Norm obviously had the moment there. This was also when Drake forced Rodney Stuckey into a turnover by clapping at him. <laughs> this, That's right. That's right. Like, kind of an underrated, awesome moment. And then this was also the game where Solomon Hill's fingers were too long, and he missed the buzzer-beating three uh, by, like, a you know, a millisecond. It was right, right there, and it would have tied it to send it to overtime. We have no idea what happened in overtime, but um, that was a, uh, a a bullet dodge by the Raptors as well. What are your recollections of this game? Because it was freaking wild. Yeah, yeah, that was that was one of the highlights of that. Those we were said earlier. The first two rounds that year were featured some pretty bad basketball, and like mm-hmm. that was a series that the Raptors, you know, like going in, everybody thought should have won easily. It wasn't easy, but um, yeah, I and mean, obviously with the Vogel, you know what? What the hell was Frank Vogel thinking? That I remember Norm Powell and Drake. Yeah, there was a lot of like, like kind of sub 
stories going on in that game that you didn't really see everywhere. Like, like, I guess you, you talk about like these little things that we remember, like you go back to like Drake and the lint roller in the 2014 playoffs. <laughs> this, this, this game had all kinds of subplots, but yeah, that was, I, I, I can see why you'd want to count that one pretty high though. Um, and that should be definitely in the top two that you're going to err on this thing. There's also a lot of weight behind that game because had they lost, they would have gone down 3-1. And then if they lost that series, I feel like Dwayne probably gets fired. I feel like maybe, I think that was the year DeMar was a free agent. I feel like maybe they just let DeMar walk and sort of start the rebuild from then. Maybe they trade Kyle with a year left on his deal. Like there was a lot going into that game. And just considering how ugly that playoff run had been to that point and the year before, obviously, with the Wizards, it just like the series was... It was teetering, right? And and that game, you know, by no means that I mean, I think they, what did they do? They won Game Five and then they lost Game Six by like thirty. They six, got destroyed yeah. and then came back for Game Seven. It was came super stressful, game but seven. you know, I, mean, if they, I remember yeah. when they came home and won Game Seven, uh, and that was pretty cathartic too, yeah. because like, up to that point they hadn't won a playoff series since like whenever. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I mean, the Game Five was obviously the key one, and like, like to this day, I don't know what Vogel was doing. Vogel went to Orlando, and then he had a bunch of centers playing. Like, I don't know. Poor it's, guy. It's, I think yeah. Orlando broke him a little bit. Maybe Drake broke him, or Norm Powell broke him. But maybe I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what went on there. But yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, it's a lot of what ifs out of that game too. Like, if they had lost that game, I think I think Demar would have stayed. I mean, obviously the Lakers. Probably had some interest in him. He didn't want to go there. He wanted to stay in Toronto. But yeah, but yeah maybe Casey gets fired then. Maybe what happened this spring happens two years ago. Yeah, you know. So it really felt like just sort of the the, the tenor around the team was that that was going to happen. So glad it didn't happen. It's nicer that they won that series and went to the conference finals and got a game that we featured on our list. Uh, a couple other games that uh, didn't make this list include a couple games from that playoff run. Um, I figured we couldn't load it all with games from that one playoff run, even though it was the best playoff run they've ever had. Um, do you? So let's start with you. Do you have uh, like a few honorable mentions that didn't get put on the list that you were close to putting on? Well, I think we touched on it earlier. I think you kind of have to mention, even though it's bad, you got to talk about the Kobe 81 game. I mean, it was such a, like a, a benchmark in Raptor history for so long. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's face it too. Like, if they're if NBA TV's doing this, they're probably sticking that game in there at least because it includes the Raptors. Maybe they're they having a Kobe themed day. He yeah, can have no, that day. Like, Leave no, it no, off no. the Raptors day. They've yeah, had they've no, been no. beaten up enough. Yeah, um, yeah, that one. I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, I totally forgot number two, which was uh, the Vince first game on NBC mm-hmm. fifty. I think that would probably be on there. Um, yeah, I think in terms of other ones in the last couple of years, I think we covered like the 2016 playoff run. To this day, obviously remains like the kind of high watermark of the franchise. Yeah. Um, so I have a yeah. couple. Um, yeah, Raps Heat Game Seven that series. I think that's probably Lowry's best game as a Raptor. If we look yeah. back on it, that was amazing. Also, that same season in uh, February of that year. Lowry had 43 against the Cavs on 15 of 20 shooting, and he hit that game-winning step back. You could maybe uh, argue that's one of the best regular season wins in franchise history. Like, mm-hmm. it's I mean, it's like, not like a high watermark, we, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we didn't include Demar's, uh, you know, franchise record, which we talked about earlier for good reason. But yeah, yeah, I mean, when you start talking about, that, but I think with games like that, maybe we're we're, we're talking about strictly for like um, personal achievement games, which yeah. are uh, very important. These are very important players in terms of the franchise, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I think those other games. I think I think the ones we've encapsulated or included kind of encapsulate the whole thing in terms of importance to the franchise. Yeah, <laughs> even yeah. though it's the Bezos game and oh like also just quality of game as well and individual performance yeah we could have thrown in uh, just 12 games from the back half of the 0506 season where Mike James went off <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah, just like Mike James day yeah that's right uh, from 2005 yeah two other ones that maybe could have been included uh, game six against the Bucks when they clinched it even though they almost blew it in the fourth quarter but DeMar had that dunk on Thon Maker to seal it uh, and Corey Joseph had the big three I think Patterson had a big three in that game too um, and then Danielle Marshall hitting 12 threes. Another one of those milestone games. Like, yeah. That was so That's wild. Another, yeah, another milestone game that a lot of people have just totally forgotten about. Like, Danielle Marshall had that record, you know. Like, so, like, forever. two years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. And it's just so obscure, too. Like, yeah. yeah I mean, I know, like, this is the thing. I mean, you know, even though a lot of the franchise history, obviously the last five, six years, we've been spoiled with where the team's gone, but. Prior to that, there wasn't really much to like yeah. get excited about. But when you look back and see some of these games, I and mean, there's some some quality gold in this list of like sinkers. Yeah, for sure. Um, other ones, I have two more. Uh, the one from this season where Demar dunked on Anthony Tolliver. That fourth quarter was wild, and yeah. the overtime is really cool. It's probably not near the top of the list, but if you're going from this season, it's definitely on the short list. And then, um, oh god, this one. I don't know. It's maybe one of the craziest regular season games I've seen in person. It was the actually there's two. There's the game against the Bucks where they won by like 45, and it was the Bruno game, his first uh, where they were chanting his right. name in the fourth quarter, and he came in, scored eight points. Landry Fields did some stuff in that game too. That game was just uh, just some over the top joy to be at because uh, I was at that one too. And then another one that I was at was the. Bulls, Raptors, like right out of the All Star break last year, Kyle Lowry was hurt. They broke like the twelve game streak against the Bulls with an overtime game where Demar scored forty five, I think, and that was when Serge Ibaka fought uh, Robin Lopez. That's right. That's it was right. a it was a pretty wild game too. So that that would be on my short list as well, just sort of as personal ones. Do you have any like games that you've attended or anything like that that like would sort of stick in your mind too? I can't think of any ones that I attended. The ones that I attended actually on the list I'm, right. you got me thinking about if there's one that included a brawl but I can't think of one like, I don't, <laughs> even like Charles Oakley's era here like most of his activity seemed to be off the floor like slapping guys in practice and stuff but, <laughs> um, no I think yeah that's a good point like that that Robin Lopez back one that was pretty funny yeah um, yeah that, that was good stuff yeah I mean I, I, I think I think we've got everything covered because you know like it's all like like if you're actually going to program these games, you we're going to put on a game like say Raptors against the Pistons from last January, like that. Yeah, yeah. That Demar dunk might go down and like it's a franchise highlight, but no, yeah. I think uh, I I think we should be happy with the games we came out with. Yeah, and if you're filling in the time in between games, if you're NBA TV, you could just throw Vince's dunk contest dunks on loop. You could do True. the. It's going to be a good one commercial that probably will be running between all of these games on NBA TV Canada. <laughs> Same with the Pound the Rock commercial. Throw in a, a primo pasta and sauce or Hito's pizza pizza commercial. There, there, there are ways to fill the time. <laughs> yeah. Chris exactly. Bosch's car salesman all-star pitch. Yeah, YouTube video. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's about it. John, this was excellent. Thank you so much for indulging my uh, 
desire to find the 12 most classic Raptors games. I think we did a pretty good job of it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Good solid uh, August content. It is. Like, has- it, hashtag content. With that a capital C, yeah. <laughs> in August. But, yeah. Uh, John, yeah. where can people check out your work? Where can people find you? Uh, the usual with the score. Uh, you can download the app and all that stuff. Uh, our team, as you know, probably does a pretty good job of covering Raptors in the NBA and uh, Twitter at Roof That Peach. What's the uh, origin of that? I don't even, I can't even give you like a funny answer to that because it's just something a friend of mine like 15 years ago would say. Okay. It like, didn't really make any sense. Like, <laughs> you know, like he, he would just say like kind of bizarre non secretors. Okay. Uh, so yeah, when I got on Twitter in like 2010 or whatever like that, I'm like, just think of something random that's on my name because I figure at the time I don't really want my name on this stupid social media platform yeah I just put down this stupid saying he had and uh yeah I never bothered to change it <laughs> I figured it, it's not worth copywriting because it's not because it doesn't mean anything <laughs> but you know it's unique enough that you know maybe somebody will identify me but yeah yeah no uh so yeah follow John uh, read all of this stuff at the score check out the scores app and all that good stuff uh, you can subscribe to Locked On Raptors, of course, on iTunes. Uh, ratings, reviews, all that stuff is always very appreciated. Uh, and the Locked On Network as well. Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Locked On NBA, uh, Locked On whatever, Pistons. Listen to a show of an individual team that you're interested in. Whatever you want to do. It's the summer. Just put whatever podcast you want in your ears. There's probably a shortage of them across the network um, that like you would normally listen to. So just dabble. Go around. Find some new people. Find some new hosts and subscribe and rate their shows as well. And uh, we'll be back again next week. I think I'm doing an episode on Sunday with John Corrales from Locked On Celtics. We're going to just talk about the Celtics and Raptors and how they stack up. Uh, the first of what I'm sure will be many, many podcasts we use that crutch for um, because, you know, the content needs to be filled. And uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. We will talk to you next time on Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 